Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram Roadmap for Educators. One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life. In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better. We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. The acts of both laughing and crying have a significant impact on our physical and our psychological health. Both laughter and tears help us to regulate our minds and our bodies. Laughing and crying are actually gifts that our body gives to all of us to respond to life's challenges and celebrations. In this episode, we're going to explore why we laugh and cry, how laughing and crying are both good for us, and how you can add more laughter to your life and your classroom. Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers Podcast. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers, and we know the struggles that you face on a daily basis. Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve. Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best life. Laughing and crying are some of our body's most authentic responses. When you think about it, both laughing and crying are fascinating ways that our subconscious helps us to regulate our bodies and emotions and respond to the negative and positive events of our lives. Laughter and tears are actually both a universal language, too. They transcend culture and language boundaries. Laughter and tears are a baby's first language, no matter where in the world they are born. The laughter and tears might seem like they're contradictory responses. They both happen subconsciously to help us navigate our world. Even if we often give little thought to the benefits of laughter and tears, we truly do need them both. For those of you who teach the littles, you know that laughing and crying are a daily activity. Children and teens often do both as well. They have the bonus of laughing so hard they cry, which we don't do enough of as adults. As we get older and life takes us on more adult and serious tones, we make conscious efforts to control these emotions, attempting to keep more of a middle ground, decreasing the open flow of tears in front of others, and controlling our laughter. And you've probably experienced both of those, trying not to cry in public and also like putting your hands over your mouth so that nobody sees that you're starting to laugh. As grown-ups, those bursts of laughter are often reserved for something really funny or fun. And then we save our tears until we are alone. We aren't rolling on the floor laughing like we did when we were second graders, nor do we burst into tears when we're disappointed with an answer that someone gives us like we maybe did in our preteens. It's all good, and it helps us stay within these norms that society sets. But by stifling these responses, we also stifle why our bodies need these reactions to help us 
just cope with life. On average, people laugh a half a million times in their lifetime. Children laugh about 400 times a day. Adults only laugh approximately 20 times per day. And some studies even suggest that adults laugh on an average of only eight times a day. How sad is that? It's really sad for me to say, but I think many days I don't even laugh eight times a day. Clearly, I need to work on this. I often do laugh at TV or movies, but I don't watch a lot of either one of them. Unless, of course, Bridesmaids is on, and then I cannot resist. I will laugh until I cry. Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are so hysterical. The guy who plays Rhodes, the Irish cop, makes me laugh just looking at him. I can hear that joy in your voice as you're talking about a movie that makes you laugh. Why do we laugh so little as adults compared to children? Mainly, we restrain ourselves because we have less opportunity and society is less forgiving of adults with extreme emotions than we are for kids. We're trying to stifle those giggles in that meeting because we don't want to appear that we don't have our emotions under control. Or maybe we avoid crying in the principal's office because we don't want to appear emotionally weak. Natalie Dottillo, an instructor of psychology at Harvard Medical School's psychology department, gives this reasoning as to why adults don't laugh enough. She told the Harvard Gazette, as adults, we don't laugh nearly as much as we used to. The idea that we would have fun and play and make time for those things is often seen as a reward or something you have to earn or something you do when all your work is done. But the work is never done. That is true of so many of us. Today, we're going to explore the bodily reactions that cause us to laugh and cry, the benefits to our bodies of laughing and crying, and ways we can add more laughter to our lives. Who doesn't want that, right? Laughing and crying are our body's way of regulating our emotions and processing the events of our lives. Because we're humans, it's natural to have emotions. Joy and sorrow are two of those crucial emotions. Laughter and crying are our body's natural tendencies as we want to express joy and sadness. Though laughing and crying might look different on the surface, both of them provide the same kind of psychological and physical stress release. They both help us to end the stress cycle. If you want to know more about stress cycle and how laughing and crying can help us to end that, check out episode seven. We're going to try not to spend too much time geeking out on this, but there are several parts of our brains that work together to connect emotions and the physical reactions to them, such as laughing and crying. In order to laugh and cry, your brain's limbic system, the brainstem, the cerebral cortex, and the hypothalamus must all work together to get those muscles moving to produce the sound of laughter or the falling of tears. How cool is it that our body and our brain knows how important laughter and crying are to our well-being? And there's a system built in to help us experience those emotions. Both the laughing and the crying are byproducts of our body's defense mechanism. So when we're feeling really stressed or uncomfortable, overwhelmed in a negative way, or maybe overwhelmed in a positive way, full of joy or whatever big emotion it is that we're feeling, that act of laughing or crying helps our body to release all that energy that has built up in our system. That's our body's unconscious attempt to regulate all that energy. We don't even have to think about it. Our body's doing it for us. Sometimes you don't even need to feel the strong emotions to start laughing. Sometimes just hearing another person laughing can get you laughing as well. 
People laugh about 30 times more when they are with other people than when they're alone. That's what the phrase laughter is contagious means and why it matters so much. Laughing really hard always feels really good and it is contagious. I remember one time when I was in high school, I was on a band trip and we were in another state. We were all eating lunch, all these bands from all different places all over the country and all the students were eating lunch all at the same time. And I looked up from my lunch and I saw a guy sitting in a row across from me. All I saw, because the lunch table was in its way, I saw his head and then I saw his band uniform pants around his ankles. It was just the most hysterical image to me. Now, I know he had shorts on underneath, right? So it's not like he's running around without pants on. But I also know it was like 100 degrees and it was hot. So here's the uniform pants and the suspenders wrapped around his feet. But it was so hysterical to me. I started laughing. And then everybody at the table is like, what are you laughing at? And I pointed at the guy and then they started laughing. Within a few minutes, the entire cafeteria, we're talking hundreds of high school kids are laughing hysterically. Finally, the guy realized that everyone was looking at him and he just points at his pants around his ankles and he starts laughing hysterically. It was like this huge collective release of pent-up stress, pent-up energy. It was the most magical feeling. Laughter is really contagious. It's true. And we can all think of examples like yours, Michelle, when we tend to mirror other people. So if you're spending a lot of time with people who are sad, you're more likely to feel sad yourself. You've probably heard that expression, misery loves company. It's called mood contagion. And it means that we do mirror a lot of other people's moods. Are you spending time with people who make you laugh? Do you remember the old Saturday Night Live character, Debbie Downer, I think from maybe the mid-2000s? It's played by Rachel Dratch. She was so pessimistic that no one ever wanted to be around her because she would bring the whole mood down. Today, we have the label, we call someone a Debbie Downer, and it has come to mean anyone who negatively affects the mood of a space and brings people down. Keep that in mind because you don't want to be around that person and you definitely don't want to become a Debbie Downer. Let's talk about the benefits of crying. You've probably heard someone say, it's nothing that a good cry won't help. I know I've heard that lots of times. When we cry, we actually release certain chemicals into our body. The most important is when we cry, we release endorphins that reduce our pain and make us feel better. It doesn't work for tears that you shed because you're cutting an onion or because you got dirt in your eyes. But it is true for tears that we cry that are associated with our emotions. There are tons of studies that indicate that letting out our sad emotions with tears is actually better for our mental health than if we suppress them. That's really interesting. I didn't know that emotional crying releases endorphins, but crying like when we cut an onion or, you know, you get hurt or something doesn't cause those endorphins. I guess it makes sense that there aren't emotions connected to cutting up that onion. So you don't need to release any stress. And those endorphins are helping you to release stress. So if you're not feeling stressed, you don't need those endorphins. If you are someone who doesn't suppress your emotions and you every once in a while have a good, long, ugly cry, I am one of those people, do you notice how much lighter you feel afterward? Getting out those emotions through our tears is much better than suppressing them for long periods of time. We're not saying you should have an ugly cry in your next faculty meeting, but maybe don't hold it in too long. It can make you feel lighter. 
that is good advice that sometimes it is okay and even good for us to have a good cry. We've all felt that when you cry and cry and cry and then you feel better afterwards. Thank you, body, for releasing those endorphins. (laughs) There are also a lot of benefits of laughing. You've likely heard someone say laughter is the best medicine and they are right. When we laugh, it decreases stress hormones like adrenaline and epinephrine and cortisol. It seems like we're always talking about hormones of stress on this podcast, but we're also talking always about ways to release those things because so many of us feel stressed on a regular basis. Decreasing all of those stress hormones is good for our heart and it boosts our immune system. It can reduce the tension in our bodies and also can help improve our mood. Laughter can decrease our heart rate and blood pressure and relax tense muscles. The best part is that laughter improves our mood and lowers our stress and anxiety almost immediately. Laughing like crying also releases those endorphins into our brain that tells us to feel good. Like we mentioned with crying, these endorphins can reduce the pain and give us an overall sense of well-being. Some studies show that laughter even increases cells in our bodies that remove bacteria, which can then help prevent cancer and inflammatory disease. Laughter also fills us with dopamine and oxytocin, which is considered the empathy hormone. So we're actually more empathetic if we're laughing. And also, did you know that when you laugh, you move about 30 facial muscles at the same time? And if you have a hearty, cheerful laugh, you move a third of the muscles in your body. All those muscles moving and all that air flowing increases the motion of your diaphragm, supplies oxygen and blood throughout your body, which helps your digestive system and your metabolism. Lots of good reasons to laugh. As long as we're talking about all these medical, physiological things that happen in our bodies, there's a doctor named Patch Adams, and there was a movie quite a few years ago with Robin Williams, who played him in the movie. This doctor, Adams, believes that our physical wellness is highly connected to our emotional wellness. He uses humor and comedy as part of his treatment. Laughter can help physically heal us. I certainly don't need any more convincing. With all of those health benefits, we should all be laughing like we are children. Why are we not laughing hundreds of times a day? Let's consider some ways to add more laughter to your life. You know yourself best and you understand your sense of humor better than anyone. So you need to cater this to yourself. But here are just a few suggestions we have for adding more laughter to your life. First, add opportunities for play, silliness, and creativity in your life. Buy your family that new board game that you saw advertised. Family game night is sure to bring about some smiles and laughter. Or bring your friends together for a movie and a snack night. Pick that movie that cracks you up every time you see it. Like Bridesmaids. Absolutely. You might even want to add a silly theme. Go with your friends to that cake decorating class, even if you know your cake will be a disaster. In fact, a cake fail may actually bring more laughter and smiles than a beautifully decorated cake. Remember a few years ago, there was a Pinterest fail Easter cake that was all over social media. The original post was by someone who had made a beautiful cake in the shape of a lamb, and then others tried to make it, and they failed miserably. And they posted their pictures of their lambs, and they were lopsided. They had no neck, and the eyes were not lined up. They just looked ridiculous. Paula, I remember you and I laughing about some of those pictures of those Pinterest fail lambs. It was really funny. 
in talking about getting together with your friends and having a themed party after this episode airs, I'm actually going to a 50th birthday party that is themed 1970s Supper Club. The birthday girl was actually born in the 1970s, and she cherished those nights when she went to supper clubs in Wisconsin with her parents, so she chose that theme. There's going to be a supper club-style salad bar, old fashions and grasshoppers, and all of these supper club drinks. Liver pate on crackers. (laughs) Brown schwager. All of it. (laughs) Dressing the part is encouraged. I cannot wait for that night. I think it will be super fun. I also have a friend who he and his wife invite their friends to their house a few times a year for a fun night in which everybody does a slideshow. The theme of the slideshow is wide open and everyone keeps their topic secret until that night. The last time they hosted, my friend's wife showed me her presentation. I laughed so hard I almost cried. Her presentation theme was the top 15 most good-looking U.S. presidents in history. She had pictures and rationales. Oh, my goodness. It was so incredibly funny. As you can tell, I'm laughing just thinking about that because I don't actually think of U.S. presidents as being good-looking. So that would be fun and funny. She had some interesting choices. I want to be friends with your friends because that sounds like a lot of fun. Another idea is to smile more and make efforts to laugh. Like faking a smile can cause your body to smile more. Faking a laugh will actually rewire your brain to let you know that it's okay to laugh and then you will laugh more. Smiling is a great place to start because smiling is the first step of laughter. Remember Buddy from the movie Elf? Smiling is my favorite. If you smile more, laugh more, and even if it doesn't come naturally, you will start to feel it. The more you smile and laugh, the more you rewire your brain. Today's a great day. Why not start smiling more? If you can't think of anything that will make you smile, do a quick internet search for those funny cat videos or look at photos of a fun vacation you took. You can always watch laughter yoga video on YouTube. If you have not watched a laughter yoga video, I dare you to watch one and not laugh. I have not watched that. I knew goat yoga was a thing, but this is the first I've heard of laughter yoga. Laughter yoga is best done in a group, but in the absence of a group of people, a YouTube video will suffice. I promise you will laugh. I will have to check that out. I always look at Holderness family videos when I need a good laugh. Penn and Kim often sing and they make fun of their life experiences by rewriting words to popular songs. Almost always they make me laugh. So that's one of my go-tos if I need a quick two-minute laughter. A lot of teachers like Jerry Brooks. They like his Southern accent, which he definitely works for all it's worth. Sometimes just watching a quick Jerry Brooks reel is fun all by itself. Sometimes I don't even need to hear the message. I just need to hear the way he brings on the drawl very intentionally. And just that is funny by itself. Another suggestion to have more laughter in your life is to increase humor in your classroom. When the kids laugh, laugh with them. We have so much to learn about laughing freely from kids. Incorporate jokes, play silly songs, have kids debate humorous topics like who would be a pickier house guest, SpongeBob or Minnie Mouse and why. Silly things like that. Incorporating a joke of the day or having a joke book handy for times when you have a free minute are sure to encourage smiles and laughter. We Are Teachers has a blog post called 25 School-Appropriate Funny Videos for Kids When You Have Five Free Minutes. We'll link to that to the show notes. It's a great resource. That's a great idea. Just have really quick little fun videos. 
We also have a really popular post on our blog called Eight Simple Ways to Bring More Joy into Your Classroom. There are lots of fun and easy, simple ideas in there as well. And we will link to both of those in the show notes. Maya Angelou once said, laugh as much as possible. Always laugh. It's the sweetest thing one can do for oneself and one's fellow human beings. Thank you, Maya, for that nice reminder. There's also an old Joni Mitchell song from the 1970s in which she sings, laughing and crying, you know it's the same release. Joni was really on to something before she even had neuroscience to back her up. We now know how good both laughing and crying are for us, mentally and physically. Welcome those tears when they come. Increase that laughter in your life. Your body and your mind will thank you. And that leads us right to our recap today. Laughter and tears are both good for us. They are our way of regulating our minds and our bodies. The next time you need to cry or give a good belly laugh, remember that you are doing your body good. Laughter really is the best medicine, so look for ways to add laughter to your life and your classroom. Your body will thank you. In true teacher fashion, we end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to increase your laughter each day. Purposely build in opportunities for laughter into your work life and your home life. We'd love to hear what ideas you tried and what made you laugh. So reach out to us on any of our social media channels via email or through our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com. Please give us a good laugh. And if you want more ideas for time management and ways to take control of your life, get our free resource, The Inspired Teacher's Guide to Taking Back Your Life. You will find it on our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. It's right there on the top on the right-hand column. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers. Or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com, for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.